Hello everyone, Dr. Stillman here today. This is a Monday masterclass. If you don't know what that means, it's a new thing that I'm doing. I'm doing it specifically for my Substack, which means that these masterclasses are gonna go out to the Substack list. If you don't know what that is, it's stillmanmd.substack.com. It's my blog. Each Monday, with some exceptions, I'm coming out with a new masterclass on really important topics that you guys wanna hear about. Paid subscribers to the Substack get to pay for, or rather get to vote on what we're gonna talk about. And they're gonna get Q and A's with me after. So if you wish you could ask me questions, sign up for the paid Substack, jump into the Q and A's after these. If you're a subscriber wondering where the link to the Zoom is for the Q and A afterwards, it's coming out to you after I'm done with this and after this is uploaded. I asked people last time what they wanted to hear about and I gave them some options uh, from things that people wanted to hear more about. And one of them was iodine. I'm a little bit surprised by this because I did an interview with David Brownstein also over on my Substack, where we talked about the essentials of iodine. I did some other posts on iodine, one for paid subscribers. That's my iodine protocol, which is well worth the 20 bucks for the month of paid subscribership, believe me, where I walk people through the nitty gritty of how I actually use it step-by-step. Step. And if you subscribe and you're not happy with the detail, please ask questions in the comments and I'll get back to you because I do want it to be very, very clear. But I do want to talk to people about iodine and give them kind of the 50,000 foot view and then the idea of how I use iodine in my daily life, because this is a really, really, really important element. And I want to start by explaining why iodine is so important. And this really gets in to uh, what I would say um, is really what I would call a quantum or elemental medicine. So I'm going to share with you guys the window. And let me know if you guys can see, drop something in the chat, uh, the periodic table of elements from the American Chemical Society. I want to draw your attention to where iodine is on the periodic table. This is really important. Somebody who I learned a lot from, Dr. Jack Cruz, once said that we should be biohacking the periodic table of elements. I thought that was the most intriguing concept. And a lot of what I do centers around this idea. Linus Pauling, Nobel laureate, won two of them, peace and then chemistry uh, for different things, obviously. He said every single disease can be linked to a mineral deficiency. And by minerals, he really means elements. So notice where iodine is on the periodic table of elements. It's in the halogen class or family all the way on the right. It's a very large element compared to the others. And it shares this class with bromine, chlorine, and fluorine. Now, why this is so important is that all three of these can compete for the same sites in enzyme systems and the cell in general. So what you'll see in cases of bromine toxicity or fluoride toxicity are also symptoms of iodine deficiency. Why is this so important? Our ancestors, particularly if you're somebody who's of Northern European ancestry, would have eaten enormous amounts of iodine. They ate enormous amounts of iodine because seafood was ubiquitous, widely available, and very, very cheap. Seafood, most people don't realize, was actually cheaper from antiquity through the modern era, particularly in places with a lot of coastal uh, territory. You know, people need to realize that an island like the British Isles, or I guess the island of Britain, I don't know what the whole island is called, but you know what I'm talking about. You're never more than 30 or 40 miles from the sea, which means that somebody can catch a fish, you know, on the coast of England in the middle of the, in, in the morning, right? And if they really hoof it into the middle of the country, they can have it there by lunch, even by horse, okay? 
The reason that's so important is that for the majority of our history, we've relied on high iodine foods from the sea far more than we do now. We don't rely on them now because land animals are delicious. They freeze better, generally speaking. They keep better. They don't go rancid so fast. There's lots of different reasons for this. But as we've transitioned from a society that's eaten a lot of iodine to a society that's eaten very little iodine, our culture and our society has quite frankly devolved. And I would submit to you that this is because the nutrients in seafood are essential for running your brain and your central nervous system. I don't think anyone can debate that fish and seafood in general are good for your brain. If you look at what happens to people who don't eat enough seafood, who don't eat enough seaweed, who don't get enough iodine, they really struggle. Metabolically, they become very sick. And that's part of why a high dose iodine protocol has become something that I use in my practice in almost every single case with rare exceptions. But I wanna talk about why I don't just run around selling iodine or recommending iodine to people randomly. You'll notice that I'm not giving you my high dose iodine protocol in this masterclass. The reason for that is I'm not comfortable putting out protocols beyond a paywall to the general public. It's too much liability for me, quite frankly. And the other piece of this is that, um, and you know, I'm not practicing medicine here. I'm just giving you guys information education. I hope that makes sense to you. Um, the high dose iodine protocol is well worth, as I said, the, the subscription fee for the Substack based on the results I see with, with patients getting it. But the key here is that iodine is just one piece of this puzzle. It's only one element on the periodic table. And one of the most common strategies I see people using to try and get well is they find one mineral or one element or one vitamin or one amino acid that they think they need. And they drive that until the wheels fall off the bus. They're taking huge doses of iodine. They're taking huge doses of mag, selenium, B12, B6, folate, you name it. And that will work for a period of time, but you will run out of what I call therapeutic runway. And this is why I love seafood. Seafood combines many of the critical elements we need for overall health and longevity in a convenient single package, okay? There's caveats to that. I don't like high mercury fish for reasons that should be obvious. Um, I really like to pick the small, uh, smaller fish that are lower in mercury, um, you know, particularly the oily ones like sardines and anchovies that may not taste as good. I know, sorry, they just happen to be the healthiest ones that they're, but there are, I can't do anything about it. It's just how it is. But look at all these other elements on this periodic table. And let me tell you about some of the ones that I see people making mistakes with that I pay attention to and that I try to fix before I get to iodine. So number one, sodium. So a lot of people are not consuming enough sodium. I know that sounds crazy to some of you who've heard that salt drives up your blood pressure and is bad for you and so on and so forth. I think that the whole salt is bad paradigm is very flawed. If you want to read a good book on that, read my friend David Brownstein's book, Salt Your Way to Health. It's a great read. Uh, I want people on a teaspoon of salt daily if they're going to be on the high-dose iodine protocol for reasons I cover in the protocol itself. Uh, but the number one of those in the short version is because it helps you detox the toxic halides that the fluorine, chlorine, and bromine, that is, are coming out when you use high-dose iodine, okay? So sodium is one of the first ones. But one of the biggest mistakes I see people making with sodium is they don't understand 
that the amount of sodium they take in has to be balanced by the amount of potassium they take in. So potassium is right underneath sodium on the periodic table. It is essential for cellular energy production. And one of the first things I see with chronically low potassium intake in the diet and low potassium levels in the body in general is uh, fatigue. There's one book on potassium deficiency that I'm aware of in the integrative and natural health literature. There may be more. If I'm missing one, please drop it in the comments. I would love to read it. And that book is called Potassium, Everything You Wanted to Know But Were Too Tired to Ask About. It's a, it's a really funny title. I have to admit I haven't read it, but I've seen people flourish when I increase their potassium intake. And low-carb diets and nightshade-free diets are a recipe for low potassium levels. I've seen it over and over again. I reintroduce carbohydrates that are rich in potassium to someone's diet. They increase their potassium intake. They normalize their sodium to potassium ratio, which arguably should be one to three. So for every uh, gram of sodium, you should have three grams of potassium. If you're consuming 2.4 grams of sodium, that's 2,400 milligrams of sodium a day. That looks like you know 7,200 uh, milligrams of potassium or 7.2 grams. You'll see if you look at this, you, you have to eat a lot of food to get there, but you can. Uh, that's one reason why I'll see people flourish and feel so much energy when they when they go on a high potassium diet. And it's one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of the low carb or nightshade free diets for long periods of time. Okay, other elements that are really critical to understand. Magnesium, calcium. Whenever you hear about iodine, you're going to hear about thyroid hormone. Magnesium and calcium work together to control energetics within the body along with sodium and potassium in very powerful, very, very complex ways. And if you're underdosing on either one, you won't get the same results no matter how much iodine you might take. I've seen it over and over again. That's one reason why I really like cooked vegetables. I had so many mentors over the year. And one of the things that they've agreed on is that cooked vegetables are good for people. I know but vegetables, they're bad. We should be eating carnivore. We should be eating, you know, no low oxalate or whatever. I get it. A lot of you just need to eat more green vegetables. I know, shocking, but it's true. Other things that are really important to consider when it comes to mineral balance, and I could go on and on, and I've got a hair tissue mineral analysis webinar coming up with my friend Clark Engelbert. You should tune into that. It's gonna be a really, really interesting conversation. That's at the end of July. Uh, we should have more details up soon. Make sure you're on my newsletter over at Substack uh, or at stillmanwellness.com if you want to get updates on that. But iron, so iron creates a lot of oxidative stress. Oxidative stress ruins metabolism. One of the things you'll see in people who've got iron overload is metabolic syndrome. What does metabolic syndrome keep close company with? Low iodine levels. So whenever I see a guy with iron overload, I'm immediately thinking low iodine levels. And this is part of why I'm convinced a high seafood diet helps prevent metabolic syndrome so long as you don't also get toxic levels of mercury. Okay, other minerals I want to talk about. Um, selenium is the last one I'm gonna cover, and then I'm gonna run you guys through exactly how I get my iodine personally, and we'll talk about a couple more things as well. Selenium comes to us primarily, or the, the, the king of the hill, the, the 800 pound gorilla in the room of selenium is Brazil nuts. So if I've got someone with a low selenium level, and I don't use the blood tests for this anymore unless I'm screening for toxicity. I'm looking at the hair test for this. Uh, the way I replete it is either 200 micrograms a day for 
a finite period of time or three to four Brazil nuts a day. And the reason I'm very careful to say a finite period of time is I've had more than one case of people, of a, a patient who was on a high dose of selenium as either a supplement or a dietary source who developed high, truly high selenium levels and symptoms from it. And when we cut the selenium supplement from the diet, all those problems went away. Okay. So most of you are under consuming selenium. Part of why I like Brazil nuts, part of why I like seafood. But once you've repleted, you can overshoot on the other side of that. Okay. And you need selenium. You need all those four minerals I talked about on the left side of the periodic table. You need a lot of other good trace elements in the middle in order to make all of this work together. And the iodine is maybe, if I had to give you an analogy, a little bit like the cherry on top of the sundae. And I love iodine, but this just really, I want you to understand when I work with patients in my practice, we get a handle on where these other things are in their diet. And then we'll use things like iodine in order to really get them to the next level. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to my website, stomenemd.com, hit the apply for consultation tab. We have annual plans. You can get a call with Michelle, my nurse, which is complimentary. She'll walk you through what we offer. She'll walk you through how it works. Um, but I really want you guys to understand we can measure these things so that you're not flying without data. You're not flying, you know, an airplane without an instrument panel. You're not driving your car without a tachometer or without a odometer. You know, you ha you have the options for for measuring these things, so you don't get confused as to where you are nutritionally. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is one of my favorite sources for seaweed, which is Maine Coast Sea Vegetables. Uh, this is not an affiliate link. I don't have any kind of affiliate relationship with Maine Coast Sea Vegetables. I kind of wish that I did, but I don't even think they have one. Um, the other place I like to go is Mountain Rose Herbs. I do have an affiliate relationship with them, but I haven't posted a, a link here. If you want one, if you look up Mountain Rose Herbs on my Substack, you can find one. Um, and I want to talk about iodine found in food. So you'll see here this graph chart shows micrograms of iodine per 100 grams of product, right? I believe this is dried product, but don't quote me on that. You'll see that different foods have varying levels of iodine in them. You'll notice that a couple of things come in at the low end of this range that are not seafood. And then you get shrimp, and then you get some dairy, and then you get eggs, and then you get a couple of different species of fish. Now, many, many more fish have high levels uh, compared to Icelandic cod and Icelandic uh, haddock, but these are two of the higher levels of, of iodine out there. Then you get into the seaweeds, and notice that they all have different levels, okay? And that down here, you've got the sea lettuce, which is less than iodized salt, and up here, you've got the sugar kelp. I will use kelp for a variety of reasons that I won't get into as a powder in cooking, or I'll use kombu, which is what sugar kelp is sometimes called, and I'll get that kombu from Maine Coast Sea Vegetables. But what I want you to realize is small changes in this have very profound impacts. So this is in 100 grams of product. Okay, put that in perspective. What's 100 grams look like? 100 grams of a meat like steak, or fish or chicken is actually a pretty moderate serving size for most people. Light would be on the, on the sort of, you know, um, two ounces, like 50, 60, 70 grams, higher, uh, serving sizes would be more like half a pound, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10, uh, ounces, which is more in the 150 to 200 gram range. So hundred grams is a pretty reasonable uh, serving size of anything, but hundred grams of, Seaweed is a lot because it's a very powerful, very potent food. If you don't eat seaweed and you start, believe me, you're not going to sit down and eat 100 grams of seaweed. But 
you don't need, strictly speaking, more than a few hundred micrograms of iodine a day to live. Now, why am I so careful in how I, I phrase that? You don't need more than a few hundred micrograms of selenium a day to live, but you can use way more than that if you want to supercharge your performance and live even better. So this brings me to how I use and how I get my, my iodine in my day. I know that I tolerate high doses of iodine and I see a significant performance improvement in myself when I increase my intake of iodine. I'm also convinced that it's a really healthy thing to do for reasons that I go into in more depth and detail with my friend, David Brownstein on the recording that I, I, I posted with him over on my Substack, which again is worth your while. So I want to get more than what I'm going to get from seaweed. I've been on 50 milligrams for months now, and I see a substantial improvement in my cognitive performance when I take that much. So guess what? I take that much every day. I don't know if I'm ever going to stop using that high of a dose because I can't find cases where people do worse on higher doses of iodine. Many people are going to tell you, but wait, what if iodine or this study or that study shows that iodine does this, that, or the other thing? I have no doubt that there's people out there who shouldn't be taking high dose iodine. They need to be careful with this. You should always talk to your doctor who can be me if you would like uh, before making big changes to your diet and lifestyle and exercise routine and so on and so forth, right? But I've seen such clinical value in this and I've seen such performance enhancing benefits for me that I'm not going back to living a low iodine intake life. When you look at the epidemiologic literature, it's very clear that the more iodine a population consumes, the lower their risk of things like death and cardiovascular disease and metabolic syndrome and all kinds of other problems. One of the things that if you didn't know is happening in our modern world is rates of death from things like cancer and cardiovascular disease are going up. And, you know, a lot of, of uh, groups, uh, age groups, demographics are actually seeing their longevity decline for a variety of reasons. But underneath all those reasons is a gradual decline in their consumption of iodine. So I consume a high dose iodine of iodine as Lugol's iodine every day. I use 20 drops, which is 50 milligrams. And I take it with at least a teaspoon of sea, of sea salt in my diet. I take it with a quarter teaspoon of sea salt when I take it. So if I take it as like a shot in a small glass of water, I'll add the sea salt to the water, add the iodine, shoot it back. It doesn't taste very good and then I'll chase it with something else. So that's how I take my iodine. Personally, again, not recommending that for the general public. That's just what I do. And if you want the protocol, again, it's at the Substack. Okay, I also eat a diet that's high in foods that have a lot of iodine. So I might have seafood three, or, and I should be specific, fish or shellfish three, four, even five times a week. I think I've had mussels twice in the last week. I think I've had salmon three times in the last week. I'll eat shrimp, I'll eat scallops, I'll eat a really wide variety of seafood, right? All those sea, uh, well, fish and shellfish have a pretty high concentration of iodine in general. Then we get into the sea vegetables. How do I use those? I will add seaweed powders to soups and stews. I will add them to my morning smoothie. I have a mix of greens that I have in my morning smoothie that are all powders that I buy from Mountain Rose Herbs. That's a story for another day. I can get you the recipe. I'll get my paid subscribers the recipe 
eventually when I have time to write that post. And that's how I get my seaweed. So it's a combination of, uh, or some, sorry, my iodine. It's a combination of seaweed uh, powders and flakes in my soups, stews, and smoothies. Uh, you could add them to salads as well. I haven't gotten into that personally. Uh, and then I use a high dose iodine protocol. I hope that this answers any lingering questions that people on my Substack had about what iodine is, how to use it, why it's important. A lot of the information on iodine I consider to be academic. I try to keep this as practical as possible. If you've got questions, concerns, comments, post them, and I will get to those um, at some point with additional videos or with additional uh, Substack posts. If you're a Substack subscriber, I want you to know that this is a new format. Uh, I want your feedback. I want to make sure that this is what you are happy with and have signed up for. If you've got any constructive criticism or feedback, I'm very open to that. Please just post it in the comments. So thanks everyone for watching. And I'll also add, if you're watching this on one of Jim Laird's uh, channels, just know that he and I work together. You're going to be getting more content from the both of us. And I would love to connect with you and learn more about you and uh, help you understand your world better as well. So thanks everyone for watching. I look forward to your questions in our premium Q&As over on the Substack.